0: So, I'm dancing, I'm drinking out the punch bowl, literally, like, out of the ladle. Okay? Mm. And, next thing you know, I get to this dark place in my head. Okay? And, I wanted to, like, hurt myself, basically.
1: Yeah.
0: And, um... And so, <laughs> it's kind of hard for me to talk about, but I'm okay with sharing, I'm okay with sharing this.
1: Good for- this this is morning. What no no no, this is afternoon, huh? This is
0: night time.
1: This is no, this is after what, what are you smoking? No. This is afternoon.
0: Afternoon. It's
1: afternoon. It's
0: it's noon. Okay.
1: You're right. The sun's out. The birds Everything are Warm.
0: It's warm. <laughs> it's warm. But it's okay, cool.
1: because this is your extraordinary life. And I'm Caleb. I am the editor in chief of an life.online, and this is
0: Morgan and I am the lead lifestyle writer.
1: And just as promised we are going to talk about her wonderful 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 road to recovery from alcoholism. Yeah, You're
0: you ready make to it get sound deep? you make it sound so glorious. <laughs>
1: I mean, it could be worse. It
0: could I mean, be.
1: to be completely honest, weren't at one point Like your breaking point, you were face down on the floor with a bottle of alcohol, just thinking. Yes,
0: that was my wrong phone. What what's what's wrong with myself? Yep. Yeah.
1: Yep. Let's let's see how 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 exactly did you put it?
0: I feel like 2017 Morgan.
1: No, that's that's the cringy part. Um,
0: (laughs) It is pretty cringe.
1: So, if for those of you who don't know, this is um, so this is a true story. I, I am making fun of her real life, but um, <laughs> it's also based on the article that she wrote called "Road to Recovery: On an Extraordinary Life" down online. Um, but yeah, she. Uh, let's see. October. Yeah, here we go. I continued to drink and the next thing I knew I was Wait, no no no, that's not it. I'm talking about uh I don't know, we'll find it. We'll find it. But um kind of explain a little bit um about how it all started. How how are you an alcoholic at the young ripe age of 20 24 something. 24.
0: 24, almost 25. Yeah, so my drinking started at the ripe age, the ripe, ripe, ripe age of 13 years old. Welcome to the South. <laughs> and um, so I'll tell you a little story about how I took my first drink. <clears throat> so my grandparents are having a New Year's Eve party. And so my aunts were there, my uncles, my cousins extended family members and friends of my grandparents. Like, it was a big party, okay? And I was 13 years old, and I invited two friends to come over. And so they came. And my cousins were a little bit older than me. So one was 14. No, yeah, one was about 14, 15, the other was 16. So they were about, like, two years older than me.
1: So the 16-year-old,
0: he was throwing a party with his friends um, because my grandparents live... On a couple of acres, and they have like the woods and everything. So my cousin held a bonfire, and we heard from some of the teenagers that, "Hey, there's alcohol in the woods," and so we were like, "Oh heck yeah!"
1: You know that that kind of reminds that that sounds like a horrible setup for a teen slasher flick.
0: I know it really does. It's like, I mean,
1: hey guys, so just in case you didn't know. There's a cabin in the woods. All the free alcohol. Mm. Don't look in the basement. There might be some dead bodies, though.
0: That That's exactly how it felt, to be honest with you. So we were like, all right, there's alcohol in the woods. Let's try it. Let's see if we can find it, first of all. Like, it's just, it's random alcohol in the woods. Okay. So we took a four-wheeler. Cannot, like,
1: was it beer? Was it
0: We didn't know. We just heard that it was alcohol. We didn't know. know. So we took the four-wheeler, and we were riding in the woods, um, and we found an ice chest deep in the woods. We opened it, and lo and behold, it was like looking at the Holy Grail. It was Mike's Hard Lemonade. It had the blackberry flavor and the regular lemonade flavor. I remember this clear as day, and there was a bottle of vodka, Grey Goose Vodka, just sitting there. So... Was,
1: was there still ice in it? Is this a fresh chest? Like...
0: It was a fresh Are these chest lukewarm, full, No, like, it was... Feeling like piss going down your It was ice. Throat? It was ice cold. So we took a blackberry flavored and we took a lemonade flavor. So we took two drinks. Because we wanted to save some for the rest of the teenagers. Because we were the youngest there. We were like the babies. We were 13. We weren't even supposed to be at the party, technically. The bonfire party. So... We go deep into the woods on the four-wheeler, and we crack open the bottle somehow. I guess it was a twisty cap. I'm not sure. Yeah, Mike's heart
1: is usually a twisty.
0: Yeah, so it was a twisty. I don't even know who took the first sip, okay? It was just me and my two friends. And... And that was the
1: moment you knew you fucked
0: up. Pretty much, yeah. Well, it was the moment... So I took my first sip, and it went down, and I was like, holy shit, like this is, first of all, it tastes good. Second of all, it feels different. Like, it didn't feel like drinking a Coke or a glass of water or anything. It didn't, like, not even grape juice. Like, it just, it felt different, right? So, we took the bottle. We passed it around, passed it around, passed it around. Next thing you know, it's empty. Hey, guess what? We have another bottle. So we pass it around, pass around, bottles of
1: beer on the wall. Nine, bottles of beer on the wall. Nine, bottles of beer. Take one down. You pass it around. Nine, bottles of beer on the
0: wall. Exactly. So we're passing it around. We're drinking it. Next thing you know, we have two empty bottles and Mike's are lemonade, which I don't even know the alcohol content. 5.5%. Okay. There you go. 5.5% in the 13-year-old's body. Okay? Promise. Not an alcoholic. Just I don't like beer and that's one of the only ones that I like. Continue. So, we take the four-wheeler and we go drive back to the ice chest. And my friend proceeds to take a shot of the vodka. She was the brave one, okay? So, she took a shot of the vodka. And I was like, uh-uh, I'm not taking a sip of that. No, thank you. So, that was my first time drinking. Uh, honestly, if we're, if we're being completely honest, I didn't even really get buzzed. Uh, my friends were buzzed. And my mom took us to get milkshakes after. I think she. Now that I'm looking back on it, like ten years later, I think she knew that we were buzzed, but she didn't say anything. She was just like, "These girls need some milkshakes." So. Did they bring all the boys to the yard? Um. No, they didn't. <laughs> Good one, though. Um. So. <laughs> I'm sorry. <guys. laughs> you have to. You just. You have
1: to. You know. I know you. Anytime you hear milkshake,
0: you got to ask, You they, yeah, they bring rang all of to the yard? No, no, it was just three 13-year-old girls and milkshakes. So- Wait, hold on.
1: So, if you're 24, 10 years ago, holy shit, am I really that much fucking older than you?
0: You're only like three years older than me. You're 27?
1: Yeah, but 10 years ago...
0: So it was 11 years ago.
1: I was just about to graduate. So I was like a junior in high school when this you were This was in
0: 2011.
1: Yeah, so that was... That was sophomore year. That was almost junior year. Because I graduated at 17.
0: Okay. No, you graduated in 17? No. I graduated at 17. Oh, okay, okay. So, yeah, this is 2011. Um... Anyway, that was the first time that I drank alcohol, and I didn't drink again until I was 15, Um, so I started going to parties my sophomore year, and my first party that I ever went to, I got completely wasted. It was my first time ever being truly drunk, my first kiss, and my first time smoking a cigarette. So...
1: Oh, and we already know that you and that guy with the first kiss have
0: unfinished business. Yeah. Yeah, unfortunately. So, so all that happened in one night. And I was like, man, I love this. I love this lifestyle. So, I continued to go to parties throughout high school. Um, And quite frankly, I just... I don't know I just loved the way that it made me feel and made me feel like I had a friend that was there for me you know and its name was alcohol you know like it just I don't know how to describe it other than this warm fuzzy feeling that I did not feel as a child and so feeling it as a teenager it was like this big hug that I needed does that make sense this
1: makes me think. So um little call back to the first episode, you mentioned something about daddy issues.
0: Yeah, and I said we don't have to talk about it.
1: But I mean if alcohol gave you the warm and fuzzies, was it be
0: you know? Because of what?
1: Because you were missing it in childhood. Yeah, I'm
0: pretty sure that's why. If we're being honest.
1: your, your dad seems like a peach.
0: A peach. Yeah. What do
1: you mean? Like he's sweet. Like, I mean, um, he's a good guy.
0: He is. Um, but I do have some, you know, some childhood trauma. So alcohol was there for me um, to kind of block that out. You I
1: mean, know. Yeah, and I, I, I can honestly say, like, growing up, I was terrified of my dad for a while. Like, mm-hmm. working three jobs never home. And when he was, he was exhausted, cranky, and didn't take any shit. So like growing up, I didn't know he was working three jobs. Like, Mm.
0: yeah, I mean, I mean, everybody has, you know, their own family issues. But now that you put it that way, I mean, I'm pretty sure that's, that's the feeling that I was missing as a child. And so getting that in my consciousness was like, Wow, like I've been missing out on this the whole time. So yeah, I started, you know, drinking in high school a lot. We'd go to parties every weekend. And um, Yeah, I don't know. It was just it was a good time. I, I didn't think I had a problem. I was just like, this is what teenagers do. You just you get wasted and you have a good time, right? It wasn't until college that I kind of started to be, you know, I was like, okay, maybe there's something wrong, you know? Well,
1: yeah, because you were living by yourself at that point. Yeah,
0: so whenever I was 19, I moved out the house, and I moved into this, uh, this lady's house. It wasn't even my own house. It was this old lady, and she was living in California for the summer, and she was like, yeah, you can come live in my house. Well, it was really like a party house, like... Me and my friends would, like, get drunk, smoke weed. Um, Like, you know, everyone was coming over. We would just, like, pass out, eat junk food, listen to some vinyls. Like, it was a good time. Um, But there was one night, actually, in that house where I I threw a party. And everybody left except for my best friend and her boyfriend, uh, who's her husband now. Um, They went to bed. In the living room. And I stayed up listening to music. And next thing you know, I'm drinking out of the punch bowl that I had made. It was fruit punch and vodka. And I'm just dancing. I'm listening to some music.
1: So you are a party animal.
0: I was a party animal. I would just party by myself, you know?
1: But never, you would never do illegal substances.
0: I mean, marijuana. But that's about it. I never did cocaine. I never... I mean, we'll get there later. Um, But uh, let me finish the story. So so I'm dancing. I'm drinking out the punch bowl, literally like out of the ladle. Okay. Mm. And next thing you know, I get to this dark place in my head. Okay. And I wanted to like hurt myself, basically. Yeah. And, um, and so (laughs) it's kind of hard for me to talk about, but I'm okay with sharing, I'm okay with sharing this. So basically I got to this dark place in my head where I like, I wanted to cut myself. Did I act upon it? No, because a voice told me inside my head, go to bed. I mean, after all, I was drinking by myself completely wasted you know
1: or like in your own words you were um, no that's
0: somewhere else you were
1: alone in an empty house but even then
0: that's a different place i was in oh um which I'll, i'll get there too i've lived in a lot of houses okay and this first one it was toxic it wasn't good like it was a shit show to be honest with you. So I moved out of that house because I only lived there for the summer. I moved back home with my parents and I was like, okay, maybe this is good for me because I can live with my parents and I won't drink as much because I'm living under their roof, right? Mm -mm. Well, my parents are party animals too. So I mean, they were having parties at their house. So obviously I could easily get my hands on alcohol. then. But I still was, you know, trying to be respectful enough to not drink under that roof. Well, a couple months passed by and I'm like, no, you know what? I'm ready to move back out. So my godparents had the studio apartment that they were renting. So I moved to uh, the studio apartment and it was uh, near a train track, which was driving me literally insane because the train would pass like three times a night. And it would wake me up and I would just go to the fridge and, you know, take a swig. And so living in this house, this was probably one of the worst times, especially for my depression, I would say. So I was in college at the time and I would literally skip school. Like I'd wake up and I would have class at like 9am and I'd be like, I'm not going to school today. And so, I would sit in my living room, and I had a glass of whiskey on the side of my, uh, my couch, and I would just drink. And, like, sometimes I wouldn't even have the TV on. I would just sit there in the dark, in the silence, and literally just drink. So, yes, I would drink by myself. Um, which, I mean, to some people, that's normal. A lot of people, you know, after a long day, they crack open a beer on the couch, and, you know, but this was a little bit different. This was, like, I want to get wasted. And so, living in this house, this was not a party house. This was more of like a seclusion, like, I'm just going to sit here in the deep, dark depression and just drink myself away, pretty much. Yeah. So, after living in that house, I was like, you know what, maybe it's not good that I live by myself. So, there was two co-workers of mine that were looking for a roommate, and so... I moved in with them, and for me, I was like, this is great because this is going to get me out of, you know, drinking by myself and, you know, all that stuff. Well, come to find out, you know, these girls liked to party. Um, Actually, let me back up a little bit. Whenever I was living in the first house, I was a bartender at a local bar, and I would get completely wasted. Like... I guess it's typical for bartenders, but for me specifically, customers would ask to take shots with me, and I'd be like, "All right, bet." And I was Is that like, really a thing, though? Like, I've... yes, like customers would be like, you, "Like you have, I'll buy you a shot. You have to take a shot with me," and I'm like, "Okay."
1: Like, but management doesn't get, I agree, Manage- aggravated. No and-
0: management. No, like management would drink on the job too. Like, it was, it was wild. So. Jeez. Yeah, I even had my own shot, uh, my own signature shot. It was called the Purple Mojo. It was pretty good. Uh, So, I, uh, yeah, I would, my shift would start at 9 p.m. And it would end at 2 o'clock when the bars closed. But we would have to clean up after. So, I would get home to, like, 4 a.m. Uh... So, uh, yes, I would drive home drunk, which I'm not proud of. I'm actually very against drunk driving. Which,
1: I mean, you live and you learn. You do stupid things. Exactly. I'm very,
0: very blessed that I've never gotten a DUI. I've never gotten a DUI. Or into a wreck. Or into a a wreck. Or killed Exactly. So, yeah. So, I was a bartender for a little bit. So, fast forward back to these two girls. So, we became best friends, like, instantly, living together and these girls were party animals, um, which I I can't blame them. We were in college and we were having a good time. And uh, you know, we would go out like during the week, on the weekends. Um, And mind you, this is before I was 21. Like I was still like 19, 20 years old. Um, So this is before I was even at the legal age to drink. So, we, after work, we'd always go to like a local bar and just drink and drink and drink. Now, there's been times where I was supposed to be the designated driver and I would drive from my car with my friends in it. And I'm like, all right, y'all like, yeah, I'm just gonna have one tonight, no big deal. Well, guess what? I would end up having like seven drinks and a couple of shots and then I'm completely wasted. And they're like, Morgan, like what happened? And I'm just like, I don't know, man, I just, I just, I don't know. And I just couldn't stop. And so somebody else would have to drive my car. And that happened a couple of times actually. So yeah, that's when I started to realize, man, maybe I have a problem, I don't know. I would literally go out sometimes by myself And I would talk to random people and I would be like do you think I have a problem and they're like I don't know I I don't know you and so I would just sit there and like I would cry and cry and just I just I didn't I didn't know and so the last time that I drank alcohol well actually let me fast forward a bit I mean rewind a bit There was a night where I got roofied. Um, This was back in, this was Halloween weekend, 2017. I was in a bar and next I was on the dance floor. And then the next thing you know, I like woke up on my friend's floor the next day. And I was like, what the hell happened? I most definitely got roofied because I didn't drink a lot. And uh, my neighbor found me outside crying on a bench. I guess I was, like, by myself or whatever, and I was, like, puking my guts up. And, like, whenever I would drink, I would never throw up. So, after that encounter, I was, like, I'm not drinking. So, I tried to get so. That was the first time I tried to get sober was after I got roofied in 2017. And I, I wasn't getting sober for, like, oh, I'm getting sober because I have a problem. I was getting sober because I was, like, I just don't like the way that this makes me feel, so let me just stop drinking. Well, that didn't last very long at all.
1: So when you, when you say you were Rufi, did that, like, do you know what happened? Did, did someone see what happened? Or Nobody
0: like... saw what happened. Basically what happened was, it was just me and my friend out that night and I somehow got separated from her because I would do that. I'm the friend that like leaves the group. And so, the last thing because I was like bar hopping at that time. Like she stayed in that bar. Like I guess she found other friends that she saw. But I bar hopped by myself and I was on the dance floor by myself just dancing. And that's the last thing that I remember.
1: So essentially. I didn't you remember getting home.
0: I could have been taken
1: advantage of and you not know.
0: Correct. Um and I have I have been sexually assaulted in a club before. Um that's another just bad thing that has come from drinking that wasn't my fault though well I mean
1: no such assault is
0: right that's what I'm saying like it just it just happened and I kind of blamed myself because you know maybe of what I was wearing or how much I had to drink you know I was being kind of sloppy but
1: yeah but that's it's not that's a fault. stereo that's a horrible stereotype that people use to make themselves feel better about their sons who go out and
0: right. assault pe- women. Right, like, but in my head, that's what I was thinking. I was like, well, maybe this happened because. You of grew up. My, right, <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I've had bad things happen to me while drinking. Such as the sexual assault and getting roofied and all this stuff. So it was time for me to take a little break. So that was the first time I tried to get sober. And like I said, it didn't last very long. So one night, this was fast forward to 2019. I was now a senior in college. And we went out one night with some friends. And I told myself, I'm not drinking tonight. Like, surprisingly, I was like, I'm not going to have a drink tonight. Well, we get to the bar, and I see a sign on the door that says, Happy National Vodka Day. <laughs> and so, I was like, well, shit, now I have to get a drink. So, just because it was National Vodka Day, that should tell you right there that there's a problem. I, um, I got a vodka soda with lime And I drank it and I was like, okay, let me get another one. So I got another one and I was like, yeah, I'm kind of in the mood for whiskey. So I switched to whiskey and then I drank a beer and then I was switching it up. Next thing you know, drunk as a skunk. So the bar is closing at 2 a.m. and my roommate is like, hey, let's move the party to our house. So I'm like, all right. So we moved the party to our house. Don't have to tell me twice. Yeah. And. Next thing you know, it's 4 o'clock in the morning, and we are still going at it. Well, they're like, all right, we're going to bed. Morgan wanted to stay up, okay? So I'm listening to music. I'm partying, whatever, like literally by myself. And then and then I blacked out on the floor. Um, I had a friend that was there that could vouch for it. Evidently, he said, I thought I went to bed at 4 o'clock in the morning. He said I went to bed at 6 o'clock in the morning. And I had to work the next day. So I woke up the next morning. Didn't know what happened. I got in my bed somehow. And <clears throat> mind you, this was a time where I was like, I had to drink a cocktail with dinner. I had to have a glass of wine while I did my homework. Like I just, I had to have a drink and I couldn't stop. And so I went to work the next morning and a coworker came up to me and she was like, Hey, are you okay? And I was like, no, not really. I'm like still kind of drunk. And she was like, yeah, that's what I want to talk to you about. Um, you know, I could, I can help you. And I'm like, what? She's like, yeah, she's like, I've been sober for two years and I'm in the program AA, like if you need help, I can help you. And I was just kind of like offended at first. I was taken aback and I'm just like, Girl, So why boy. were you offended? Well, because I was in denial. That was, like, my first stage of just being in denial of, like, no, there's no way I have a problem. Like, for somebody else to notice it on me and call me out on it, I was like, no. Like, I really was offended. Yeah. Because because of my denial. Even though I had been questioning for years, do I have a problem? Do I have a problem? I don't know. But for someone to finally call me out on it, I was offended. Um, But truly, I was grateful for that question. Um, so I thought about it for like two days And I was like, all right, I'll go to a meeting with her so I met her at a meeting and Since the day I walked in the doors of AA Alcoholics Anonymous. I have been sober and that was about three years ago in some lengths Um, So I mean, just being in the program itself has changed my life. It's given me perspective of, yes, I do have a problem. uh, Just by listening to other stories of other alcoholics. Um, I just, you know, I have some friends that have told me, you know, Morgan, I don't think you have a problem. And I'm like, it's not really for you to say if I have a problem or not. Because you're not the one that's going through my head. You're not the one that has to live with, you know, using alcohol to numb every single part of you. You know, I was using it, you know, to numb my subconscious and numb every single thing that has happened to me in the past. And I didn't realize that I was doing that. I thought I was just having fun. But what's the, what's the fun of, you know... Getting drunk while you're doing homework or having dinner or skipping class and drinking during the day, you know, blacking out, showing up to work drunk. What's the fun in that? You know, I thought it was all fun and games until so it was getting serious.
1: Yeah. So, how would you say your mental state has improved since this?
0: Uh, that's a good question. So, I mean,. The program itself is a very spiritual program and even without the program i'm very spiritual so without the alcohol itself i mean i can do so many things now that i never thought i could do sober like what like i can open up myself to people i can have a good time i can go out i can still go out to bars, and have a great time without consuming alcohol. I can, you know, try and be in a a relationship with somebody and open up myself to them without having to have that alcohol to, like, feel confident. You know what I'm saying?
1: So on a less serious note, would you say the reason that you fail so much in online dating is simply because you drink too much?
0: That's a good question. To get a little
1: introspective and not on essay and
0: other um I mean all of my experiences that I had in the past all had to do with dating I mean drinking like I'm saying like my dating life you know like I had to be drunk in order to be with somebody if that makes sense and so now I've had to kind of like train myself to just be okay and accept, acceptance is the key. Acceptance is where, you know, I don't know, you just have to accept yourself and where you are in order to move forward. So to answer your question, my mental health, I mean, it's still a work in progress, obviously, but it has tremendously changed since, you know, the days where I was drinking. Yeah. Um, I, Cause like I used alcohol to be that confident girl and the life of the party. But in all honesty, being sober, I find that I'm more confident in my true self. And I'm still the life of the party.
1: <laughs> well, that's a good way to look at it. Yeah. See, that's fantastic, though. That you were able to just realize that you have a vice and kind of beat it.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I. Uh, it's been... You know, it's been a struggle. There's been a time where I almost relapsed um, because my friend was getting married. I was in her wedding, and I just really, really didn't want to be the only one to not have a mimosa at her brunch. And so I talked to my parents about it, and they were like, call your sponsor. So I called her, and she was like, you know, that's up to you. You can do whatever you want. If you want to go back and drink, that's up to you. But you need to remember the times where you were just completely miserable and could not control it. Because I know for damn sure, I cannot just drink one mimosa.
1: Yeah, I was about to say, for, for those who may not have experience with that, sometime, or for some people, it's as simple as one small drink to reawaken it. Like, you would think, oh, like, I, if I just drink this one, it'll be fine. But like, I can't tell you how many times, and this is like so not as serious as alcohol, but I've tried to quit drinking soda, and I'm like, oh, I'll drink this one with dinner, or I'll drink this one for a special occasion. And then immediately after that, you, you're you like, oh, well, maybe just one a day, or and yeah. you it's immediately the just start
0: going it's down. It's the trying and to control it. And realizing that you were going to fail every single time. And during that time period, I was almost one year sober. So, like, I was about to throw away a whole year of sobriety just so I can drink one fucking mimosa at a brunch. Yeah. You know? So, I'm glad that, you know, I talked to my sponsor and I realized, hey, you know what? The, the nine months that I was sober at the time, like, it was a hard but beautiful nine months. And I just... I didn't want to throw that away, you know. And so I've done a lot of great things since being sober. You know, I graduated with a bachelor's degree. I got a really amazing job that I would definitely not be able to do if I were still drinking. Um, but yeah, I've just... I, I, I've realized that I can be successful. And I don't have to use alcohol to numb myself.
1: Yeah. And it's definitely... Without the alcohol, it makes recovery with mental illness just so much easier as well.
0: Yeah, for sure. I can vouch for that. Yep. Well, anyway, thank you guys so much for listening to my road to recovery. I hope that, you know, you got something out of this. And if anybody ever needs help, there are resources out there that can help you. And if you ever want to reach out to me, please feel free.
1: Yeah. So... Like always, thank you guys for listening to This Extraordinary Life and um, catch us next week. Thank you.